We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dice Trade Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire and Bet Online. I am your host for the evening, uh, Nathan Powell, and today I am joined by my friend Ray Garvin of DLF Football and Destination Devi. How's it going tonight, Ray? It's going well, Nathan. I'm excited to talk to you about some football and the players that we're going to discuss and uh, how all of that intertwines with what's going on with the start of college football. Is not going to start? Is it going to start? The NFL? Are we going to have it? Are we not? So it's just kind of fun to talk about these guys right now. So I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. I feel like this is one of the deeper Debbie landscapes that we've seen in recent years, especially with uh, one of the main topics we're going to talk about today is the returning seniors or retro juniors. And that was a big reason why this has become a pretty deep uh, Debbie class right now. Yeah, there's some players that I think a lot of people, a lot of fantasy gamers, a lot of people in the dynasty community, the Debbie community really thought uh, we're going to declare in 2020. Some shocking, very shocking for me, um, be, but because they are returning, uh, it's 
you know, and I don't, Nathan, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be the guy that's like, this year's class is better than last year's class. And, you know, we always are doing that. But 2021 is looking really, really good. And as excited as we were for 2020 this year, I think we should be equally as excited uh, for some different positions in it for 2021. For sure. And so, like I said, we're going to talk some Debbie on the show today. And as we get into the show, we're, we're going to start by talking about redshirt uh, juniors and returning seniors. And actually, we're going to talk about a guy who was a bit in the news on the day of this recording, and that is Chuba Hubbard. And he is also the focus of our FFPC stat attack. Uh, your, F, your FFPC stat attack for the day is that Chuba Hubbard had more rushing yards 2094 then his starting quarterback had passing yards 2065. So that's your FFPC stat attack. You don't see that every day. A starting <laughs> running back having more rushing yards than his quarterback does have passing yards. Make sure to check out uh, the FFPC and uh, all the all the awesome action they have going on there uh, with seasonal leagues, best ball leagues, everything you, you could want from a fantasy perspective. We got the FFPC going on. They're always great supporters of Rotoviz and Rotoviz Radio. So make sure that if you are looking for public leagues that you are, use, you are using FFPC, the only place to play fantasy football. Now let's get into our Chuba Hubbard talk. We'll start off with Chuba Hubbard. Uh, like I t- did just say, he had over... 2,000 rushing yards in his redshirt sophomore season uh, in 2019. And he, uh, to to a bit of a surprise of most, he did uh, return to college and didn't enter this uh, 2020 NFL draft. So what were your thoughts when he stayed in in, in school? Uh, Did that put any red flags up for you, Ray? Or what are your thoughts on Hubbard as, as it stands now? Yeah, I was a little shocked that he did not declare. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore, so you know you see sometimes those redshirt sophomores come back for their redshirt junior season. But coming off of a 2,000-yard season where he was dominant and received 28 carries, I really thought that would probably make that jump. Now I know a lot of people said because the class was so deep, could that have played a factor into his decision? I don't know. I don't know because it, we saw Clyde edwards Lair go number one as, as far as the running backs were concerned over the great Jonathan Taylor. But uh, I do think that it will allow him to come back. And he, he was in the news today, but he's going to come back and hopefully clean up some of the areas uh, that he was deficient in last year. But I, I was shocked. But he's going to smash again in uh, this college football season. I, I will say I was scrolling your Twitter timeline before we started, and one of your more recent tweets was you retweeting a tweet of your own that Chuba Hubbard <laughs> was the RB1 last year. Uh, so I can certainly respect that. I was a big fan of Hubbard uh, entering the season as well, uh, but certainly I did not have him as the RB1. <laughs> but as far as uh, Debbie is concerned, the one thing as far as like new starting Debbie leagues, there really isn't much of a conversation in terms of running backs you're looking at these re- returning redshirt uh, junior and senior uh, running backs with ETN, Hubbard, Harris. All these guys are clearly above all of the freshmen and sophomores right now. And, you know, certainly that could change by, you know, midseason if we have a season. But as of now, the, the safe options are in the older backs. Yeah, I, and I, I don't think it's particularly close. I think it's those three in a tier of their own. And then there's a massive gap, and then you've got some other good players, but you know Hubbard, Harris, and ETN are clearly the top three rushers 
in college football. You know, I've been I, I've been trying to find this year's version of Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and I, I'm just not seeing it right now. But hell, we didn't see Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Most people didn't see that either. But uh, Hubbard is is definitely a tier one running back in Debbie in startups. He's going in the first round. He's projected first round rookie draft pick. So uh, he's he's locked and loaded. Yep. And now we'll go on to another running back here. Travis Etienne uh, had 7.8 yards per carry, 19 touchdowns as a junior, 56 touchdowns in three seasons in college football <laughs> so far. Uh, he's had a decent college career. Another guy, I'm not sure. And honestly, I'm worried a bit because I'm, I'm still wondering, like, why? What's the reason these guys returned? Is it just that, like, the NFL said, hey, here's a second-round grade, and they're like, oh, I want a first-round grade? Like, right. that's the only possible thing that could make any sort of sense. But the, the back of my mind's like, eh, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe they see, you yeah. know, not a proficiency in the passing game or, or whatever it may be with these backs. Uh, but, you know, Etienne had 37 catches for 432 yards this past season, so I don't think that's really the concern with him. He is my favorite of these three. ETN. Um, and I, I think that he is in the argument in terms of like a startup Debbie, I would say it's between him and Jamar Chase for a one QB Debbie 101. I mean, ETN, uh, and I'm not, I, I don't say this lightly. I'm not, it's not hyperbole. I have not seen uh, a running back with his acceleration, his zero to 60, his ability to go from a dead stop to top end speed as fast as he does since like a Chris Johnson. Now I know Tyreek Hill is probably the fastest, fastest accelerator in the game today, but that's what it looks like when Travis Etienne gets the ball. He is shot out of a cannon. His, his choice to return for a senior year was much more shocking than Juba Hubbard's. And even to a certain degree, more shocking than Najee Harris. I, I really thought that ETN, I mean, everyone did. We all had him projected as one of these running backs who were going to be in the 2020 draft. And his return, it really, uh, they, 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 maybe they like college. I mean, that's, they just want to be college. I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I don't maybe know he what just wants reason. one more year of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. I, I don't know, man. What, whatever Dabo was selling down there, he bought it. So, yeah, surprising. All right, and we'll wrap up the running back talk of, the, of this group with Najee Harris. Once again, another guy that was a bit of a surprise to return, but another guy who has had a very successful college career. And I feel like we've had a little bit of a lull. Like, you know, we had that large run of Alabama running backs year after year after year. And I feel like Najee Harris is like, all right, guys, chill out. Now I'm the back and no one else is going to, you know, be the, the stud back for a little bit right now. 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns as uh, a junior. And, you know, I, I just see him as a guy who's probably a top 40, top 50 pick in the NFL draft next year and thus going to be a top five rookie pick. Yeah, he to me, he's the most complete running back of the three. Well-rounded. He does everything exceptional to be six foot two, 235 pounds, to have the footwork that Najee Harris displays. We saw him have seven uh, receiving touchdowns this year, but he was proficient in that category. And then he literally carried Alabama on his back. We all know what happened to Tua. Mac Jones is okay. But Najee Harris, I mean, he showed why that he was the number two overall recruit in 2017. That's the type of skill set that you have. And, and six foot two, 230 pounds. He is he is a big man that can move very, very well. He's my he is my number one running back in the 2021 class. 
Yeah, and I think that any of the three guys we've talked about, if if, if you say any of them are the RB1 this time next year, yeah. or, or this time in 10 months, then I don't think you'll be surprised about it. Uh, we'll wrap up this segment with Tamori and Terry, uh, wide receiver, FSU, big play, deep threat um, over in North Florida. And he was one of my favorites this time last year. Uh, when you, when I see a, a redshirt freshman with 21.3 yards per catch, I'm like, <laughs> whoa, Debbie Radar, let's go. And, you know, he did it with some decent volume, 744 receiving yards. And then he just backed it up in his redshirt sophomore year with 1188 and 19.8 and nine touchdowns. So this guy has taken, you know, a mess of an offense at Florida State and tried to make it somewhat viable. <laughs> and so I'm a big Terry fan. I, I think that he is going to be, you know, top four, top five wide receiver in the class next year. I'm with you. He's top five for me. He's a top five mm-hmm. wide receiver in the class. He is an athletic freak. He is going to test ridiculously well at the NFL combine. I, and I'm talking at six foot four, I think he's about 215 pounds. He's going to potentially push for sub four, four. He's got that type of speed, but he is more than just a, a one trick pony. You watch him run a lot of shallow crossers. He definitely has to expand his route tree, but Terry is, he's the best wide receiver that many pe- that most people aren't talking about. And I'm with you, Nathan. I think he's going to be a top four, top five wide receiver and after he tests, he, he's probably going to work his way in the first round of rookie drafts next year. Yeah, and that, and like we've talked about, it might be hard to fit yourself into the first round of rookie drafts next year, but I do believe Terry might end up sneaking himself into that end of that first round. Next, we'll move on to the quarterback position, and we'll start off with a couple of the 2021 guys and then kind of expand from there. So we have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. These are guys that are probably you know regarded as two of the best quarterback prospects since Jameis Winston. Uh, and, you know, for good reason. And I, I like both these guys. I think that they could easily be top 12 dynasty quarterbacks the minute that they are, you know, entered into your dynasty rankings. And I think that they're both going to be top. I mean, obviously it depends on, you know, how the draft falls particularly, but I'd assume both these guys are going to be top five, top six NFL draft picks, both very successful at the college level. Obviously Fields, I mean, Fields didn't get to do it as much until his uh, sophomore season, but Lawrence has two years of it, of basically playing 14 games, one of the national champions two years so uh yeah lots to see from, from lawrence and fields and i think that they're both you know spectacular quarterback prospects i mean i don't even know how much you want me to add to that i mean it's trevor lawrence and it's justin fields people have lawrence one fields two or you see fields one lawrence two either way uh, i don't i don't think you can go wrong with either of these quarterbacks and i'm with you i think the day that they hear their names called they've got an argument immediately to be top 12 uh, dynasty values at quarterback. I will say this about about Trevor Lawrence, and I don't know uh, I don't know why people look at him and just think pocket passer because I'd venture to say in the open field he may not be as creative a runner as Justin Fields, but when he's in the open field he's just as good and he looks if not faster than Justin Fields when he's I mean. Go look at some of the runs that Trevor Lawrence had last year. He's going to not only give you that ceiling with his arm, but he's also going to provide, I think he's going to be one of those players who, you know, 300 yards rushing, you know, maybe even 400 yards in a good season. I don't think that's out of the question for Trevor Lawrence either. Not that you want him doing that, but he's not some statute in the pocket that's immobile. He's very athletic. 
Well, it, it's a similar dichotomy to what happened with Tua and Burrow early on in the draft process, where people would try and make the argument like, I don't want Tua because I don't want him relying on his legs when Burrow had more rushing yards than Tua did as a collegiate quarterback. So, you know, it's just lazy scouting and people are like, oh, I see this. So this must mean this. Yep. Yep. You know? And that's certainly not the case. I mean, yeah, Fields is a good runner, but also Trevor Lawrence, also a, a good runner. And as the NFL evolves, the Matt Ryans, the Matthew Staffords, the Drew Breeses, those guys are, are dying. They're not going to be a thing anymore. And Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are that new era quarterback, yep. both, both being over a 9.9 AYA or higher. I'm that's pretty much I'm a, I am a, a box score scout in a way. And when I'm seeing that 9.5 or higher AYA and I'm seeing that from both of them in multiple seasons, I'm like, OK, like these guys are great, <laughs> great quarterback prospects. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. All right. Let's go to that. The next grouping of quarterbacks and this is a mix of 2021 and 2022 quarterbacks and i guess we can you know just talk talk about the ones we want to talk about we have sam howell kid on slovis brock purdy Jaden daniels and trey lance uh, my, my favorite here of course is sam howell I, I think that he is early on proving to be a guy who's projected to be a top five pick in his draft class in two years and he's doing so at north carolina like which you know a lot of these other names are at more of a marquee programs and Howell isn't doing that. Yes, he has some nice weapons with Deami Brown and Daz Newsom, but he is doing a lot with a little. And so I, I do think that he is, uh, you know, exceptional young quarterback, and he is my 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 third Debbie quarterback as of now. I, you know, I, I don't want to come on shows and just be like, I agree, I agree, I agree. <laughs> but, dude, I mean, we're, we're thinking alike. I, of all the quarterbacks that you named, talented, phenomenal talents – it's Sam Howell for me, and it's I'm not even thinking about anybody else. Sam Howell, what he did at North Carolina as a true freshman, as a true freshman, was 3,600 passing yards, 38 TDs, seven interceptions, and he and, and what sold it for me is I watched every minute of the North Carolina Clemson game. For whatever reason, <laughs> Mac Brown decides to run this triple option for two, and North Carolina ends up losing. I think it was an overtime or right to go. I meant they had Clemson on the ropes, and Sam Howell, like every time I turned on the tape, he was just dealing. And then in their final bowl game, I believe they played Virginia Tech. Temple. It was Temple. They played Temple in their bowl game. And if you want to watch just an accuracy clinic, go turn on that tape. Because Sam Howe was putting balls on the money, and I was like, this dude's a, he's a top pick in the NFL draft. So of all of the players that you named, I love Sam Howe. I'm a USC Trojans fanatic, grew up watching the Trojans, so I'm very excited about Keaton Slovis. I think with the weaponry that he has, Amon Ross St. Brown and Drake London and Tyler Vaughns, and finally a competent offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, back for his second season, Slovis is going to put his name on the map. The only concern I have about Slovis is uh, I believe he's got some concussion history quite a bit, uh, multiple concussions uh, in his high school and collegiate career. You couldn't have told me that before I took him in two leagues? Come on. Yeah, so I'm just just cautiously optimistic. And and he was down and out from a concussion this past season – uh, miss multiple games, but the arm talent, I, I love Slovis. Yeah, and my, my other guy from this group that I, I'm targeting in all my leagues is Jaden Daniels uh, out of Arizona State, 9.4 AYA, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. 
once again, just doing a lot. And in, in obviously the Pac-12 isn't the best defensive conference, but that type of production as a true freshman is something to look at. And, you know, ideal size, 6'3", as, as a quarterback, might need to add some weight, according to uh, uh, college war reference, he's at 175. But anyways, with, with Daniels, I think that we see him develop as a passer, increase that 60.7 completion percentage in year two. And I think that he develops as a passer, you know, we don't see what he put on film at 18 years old very often. Right. Yeah. And uh, is there any other quarterbacks that you would like to hit on from this list or, or outside of this list? Well, you know, we got to talk about Trey Lance. You know, <laughs> we got to talk about Trey Lance, the, mm-hmm. the North Dakota state product after Easton, Easton stick and, and Carson Wentz. Now we got Trey Lance. Look, Lance is talented, man. I, as good as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are, when I watch the tape, the ball does not jump off of their hands the way it jumps out of Trey Lance's hands. He's got some zip. Um, but listen, the FCS is not the ACC. It's not the Big Ten. And for a redshirt sophomore to declare from an FCS school, it's got to be pretty ballsy. If he gets the, you know, if he gets the the draft grade, he's got to go. But even Carson Wentz stayed until his senior season. But Lance is definitely intriguing. He is that new age prospect, uh, 28 touchdowns through the air, zero interceptions, 1,100 yards on the ground. The kid can move. He's big. He can run. He's got a live arm. Uh, you know, I, I just – I don't know if he's going to come out this year, but he, he probably should. But I'll trade Lance. All right. Let's move on to the running back position. And like we talked about, the uh, running back class is a bit underwhelming after those returning players. And so the, the top three basically right now are Max Borgie, uh, Journey Brown. Yep, Journey, yep. Journey, yeah, Journey Brown, sorry. And Zamir White, uh, you know, so kind of projecting some stuff with, with all three of these guys. Who is your favorite of this bunch? And do you think any of them are overvalued at this stage? None of them. None of them. No? If you're, if you're, if you're if you're forcing me to pick one, I would take Journey Brown. I am not a fan of Borgie. I know a lot of people. It's a name that people hear. You look at his receptions and all those passes that he caught. And people, again, the lazy comp, he's a white running back. So he's either Danny Woodhead or he's Christian McCurry. Well, let me tell you something. He ain't either of the two. He's not Danny Woodhead, and he damn sure isn't Christian McCaffrey. I'm, I am not a Borgie fan. We will see how he does this year without Mike Leach in that offense. He is low, low, low. I, I would say right now, Nathan, uh, he if he's a fourth round pick, that would be a win for me in the NFL draft. Like, I don't I don't see him going. He's definitely not going first round. I don't see him as a day two pick. Zamir White. I know last season was his first live action since 2017, but all the hype surrounding Zeus White. He just he didn't look very good last year in limited duty. I know he only carried the ball. I think it was a little over 70 times. Didn't look good. Two ACL tears. Listen, Georgia and running backs and knees. No, thank you. I'll pass on Zeus White and Journey Brown. You know, he came out of nowhere. That dude barely a top 1000 recruit. Uh, he is very fast. I know he won the Sp- uh, Pennsylvania State Championship in the 100 meter dash like a 10-4, which is faster than Chuba Hubbard. Uh, but he he still has to fire off Noah Kane. He didn't really start coming on until late, so he'd be the one that I would take out of these three. But I'm not particularly high on any of them. Yeah, and he did have 6.9 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns, so uh, some nice numbers as a sophomore for for Journey Brown. Are there any 
other uh, class of 2021 backs that we haven't talked about that you would you would have above these guys or a guy that you're you're watching? I know you said you were looking for th- this year's uh, Clyde Edwards-Lair and you, you weren't having much success with that. Yeah, I, I'm not finding that yet because I need to find somebody who's kind of under the radar. But the guy that's ranked ahead of these players for me, I'll just throw two out there. Isaiah Spiller, he's going to be a true star. Well, he's not 2021, excuse me. 2021, Kenneth Gainwell, that would be the guy. I would take Kenneth Gainwell over all three of these players. He's, uh, I don't care. People want to give me, oh, the gimmick Memphis offense. As a redshirt freshman, over 1,400 yards on the ground and over 600 receiving yards, give me that guy. 5'11", 191 is what Memphis has him listed at. I definitely want to see him put on some weight, but his three-down skill set, his ability to run between the tackles and then work outside, work from out of the backfield in the receiving game, Kenneth Gainwell is my guy. I think he is very talented. And people forget that he averaged 22.8 yards per carry in his true freshman season (laughs) 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 on four carries. Yeah, Um, yeah. But yes, no, I, I do like Kane, uh, Gainwell a, a lot as well. Now let's go on to the 2022 backs. I agree with you. Uh, Isaiah Spiller is a guy who I have above all of those guys. He's a guy that I'm targeting targeting in all my Debbie leagues. When you put up that production in the SEC, it's production to look, to look after. So once again, I feel like we're on like a wavelength. Uh, maybe yeah. we need to do more pods together. Uh, <laughs> but Isaiah Spiller is my favorite of, of, this, de- of this Debbie bunch right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Charbonnet and uh, Brees Hall? Yeah, I've got I've got Brees one, but it's a it's a tight one because I think Spiller, like you said, that production is a true freshman in the SEC. You cannot like you can't just dismiss that. And I believe I I don't have his stats pulled up, Nathan, but I believe he caught over. Did he catch over 20 passes last year, too? Uh, 29 catches for 203. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that. That threshold, man, as a true freshman, he was doing that. So Spiller is is a player that not a lot of people are talking about, but boy, they are they are going to miss a good one. And then I I do like Brees Hall's uh, three down skill set. He's a he's six one, I believe two fifteen. Uh, like Brees, uh, Zach Zach Charbonnet, I I I found myself drafting him earlier. He's good, but I don't I don't know if he's the same. I don't think he's as versatile as the other two. Um, he's more of a, a one-two down runner. I know he can catch the ball in the backfield, but he's a talented running back as well. 2022 is all right. There's some there's some pretty good running backs in the 2022 class. All right. Before we head into uh, the wide receiver position, I hear a word from our sponsor. Well, it's time to hear from our friends over at Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on with our exclusive sponsors, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the, the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag using promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, for a free welcome bonus. That's BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline, your online wagering expert. All right, let's go on to the wire receiver position before we uh, sneak in a quick edition of Debbie or Not, everyone's favorite game. All right, wire receivers. Uh, the first question is, how far is the gap between Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, 
etc. Well, I would say not far because Chase is not my wide receiver one. So the gap oh, no. between <laughs> comes the hot others and uh, Chase is not. No, it's those are that's my tier one wide receivers. I'm I'm thinking about maybe adding a, a fourth, but that's the that's the clear tier gap uh, tier for me of of wide receivers. Preface it by saying right now at this point in time on June whatever what's the day June fifteenth twenty twenty tiers are far more important than the actual number ranking inside the tier. But but with that being said, Jamar Chase is not my wide receiver one nor wide receiver two in the twenty twenty one class. Fantastic, but uh, I I prefer Bateman and Rondell Moore to Jamar Chase right now at this point in time but he's still a tier one wide receiver top tier wide receiver see i i just don't see this (laughs) i don't personally i don't see the ceiling that that chase has in bateman and Moore. i think bateman and Moore could both be very good nfl wide receivers i see chase as having the julio des type ceiling and i don't really see that from from bateman i i can see you know the antonio brown type ceiling for Moore, but I, I don't I don't see the ceiling of Chase and Moore at least. So let me just let me just ask you the question. I am just asking the question. Yeah. yeah. Of the Debbie Bynes in the fantasy space of all of 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 all the information that we have and as as Julio esque as Jamar Chase is. He went completely undrafted. He went completely undrafted in Devi. I mean, he's available everywhere. No, I've yet to – in one league, somebody took him to the second-to-last pick in a Devi league that I was in in a four-round, 14-team Devi. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that's the reason why he's not where he's at, but I'm asking you this question, Nathan. Mm-hmm. The greatest offensive season in college football history, the most efficient – the most productive offense that the game since before you were born, your parents were born before their parents were born. We've never seen what LSU did in 2019 and had Jamar Chase missed one game. Justin Jefferson would be the SEC's all time receiving yards leader and touchdowns leader. I'm just asking how much does that factor in to what we saw from Jamar Chase? Because nobody was doing this after his 200 yard freshman campaign. I'm just asking the question. First of all, 313-yard freshman campaign. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. But also, I, I love how you used the argument that I had all rookie season for fading CEH. That CEH wouldn't be a first-round pick without that historic uh, LSU offense, and so that, that, that's why I, I was fading him. But that's not. But I, but then again, I'm targeting Jamar Chase. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't think you can fully just say, okay, the offense gave him 21.6 yards per catch. The offense gave him 20 touchdowns. Certainly it's a, it's a element of it, but you know, I, I see the argument for it for sure. Um, but you know, the things he did in 2020, I mean, 2019 were very impressive. What about the, wait, a, wait a minute. What about the things that Rondell Moore did as a true freshman over 112 receptions, over 1,200 yards. He did it in the punt return game, running the ball, set the Big Ten receiving uh, receptions record as a true fre- – I mean, this kid won the Paul Horning Award as a true freshman. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Odell Beckham. I think those are good players. So it's is it out of sight, out of mind? 
And then Rashad Bateman is playing alongside the fantasy industry's greatest wide receiver to ever play the game, Tyler Johnson. <laughs> yet Rashad Bateman was clearly the better wide receiver on that team. What do what you – the ceiling – I don't even think – here's the thing. I don't even think you know what Jamar Chase's ceiling is because what we saw from LSU in 2019 was the ceiling of – they their ceiling was literally knocking at at the pearly gates like they made it to heaven. That was the type of ceiling that that LSU's offense. I could have caught four thousand yards in LSU's offense. So I don't even think we know what Chase's true ceiling is because we haven't we haven't seen a a real season out of Jamar Chase. And he's fantastic. I I'd love him. He is a tier one wide receiver, breaking tackle machine. He's fantastic. I just think people are jumping the shark just a tad bit. It's definitely possible that, that we, as a collective, are jumping the shark. Now, let's go to uh, the next uh, group of wide receivers. We're talking some 2022 wide receivers. We have Garrett Wilson, Wilson Joe Ngata, and David Bell. I'm going to give some rapid-fire takes here. Uh, Joe Ngata, he definitely has a huge bump up with the Justin Ross injury. I think that he's going to get an opportunity to be you know, a wide receiver one in that Clemson offense, which, if you haven't heard, being a wide receiver one in the Clemson offense means you're going to be picked in the first round. So uh, certainly an opportunity for him at the very least, and I, I think that bumps up his value. David Bell, I think, is being a bit overvalued. I, I think that he kind of be, got put into a situation where he was the only show in town. And granted, there's been plenty of Purdue wide receivers that were the only show in town that didn't put up David Bell numbers. But I think that David Bell definitely benefited from no Rondell Moore or a, you know, a limited Rondell Moore in 2020. And uh, Garrett Wilson, I think he's, you know, your prototypical five-star wide receiver in a, you know, top program who's, you know, just going to keep on chugging along and being a very good NFL wide receiver prospect. Yeah. And George Pickens is better than all of them. That's true. Yes. I, and, George, <laughs> and George Pickens is better than all of them. Um, I'm with you. I, I like David Bell, but I think he was just the only ticket in town. I think Joe and, jo- and, and Gata is going to be, he's got a chance to smash this year. He's going to, he's going to have every opportunity to be that guy. And Garrett Wilson is just an athletic freak. Some of the catches, he didn't make a lot of catches, but the ones that he made were just ridiculous last year. Uh, so another, What's new? Ohio State and another wide receiver. So Garrett Wilson, next next in line. All right. That'll wrap up the serious talk of the Dice Trade <laughs> cast today. Now we're going to do some Debbie or not. Uh, for those new to the program, I will be giving uh, Ray a name, and that player will either be a Debbie, a college football player, or not. It will be a TV or movie attorney. Uh <laughs> in honor of our special guest, Ray. So, Debbie or not, uh, attorney edition. Debbie or not, here we come. We're going to talk some Debbies and attorneys. So I will <laughs> say a name, and uh, Ray will have to choose whether it is a Debbie or a uh, attorney. And so we'll start off with Tyler Van Dyke. That's an attorney. That is a Miami quarterback. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's an Oops. incoming freshman. Uh, Shows how much I know. <laughs> next one, uh, Jackie Childs. It's a player. Oh come on, Jackie Childs. Okay, I, who I, is it? I Jackie don't watch. Ch- Jackie, I don't watch attorney shows. <laughs> Jackie Childs is is the 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 attorney from Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, I've never watched an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> 
Well, Jackie Childs is the greatest uh, television lawyer of all time. So there you go. Okay. Uh, for two. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Johnny Wilson. Uh, an attorney. <laughs> oh, for three. Arizona State wide receiver. Son of a. <laughs> all right, next one. Seth McGowan. That's a player. There you go. That's First one's on the board. Do you, do you know where where he plays? Uh, I don't even want to. I, I want to guess, but he's he's not at he's not at Penn State, is he? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Next one. Mitch McDeer. No, that's that's an attorney. <laughs> an attorney from the firm. Yeah, that's an attorney. All right. Yeah. Next one. Uh, Dan Fielding. There's no one in college football named Dan. That's an attorney. <laughs> attorney, night court. You're on fire. Three for three. Let's see. Uh, the last one for you. Logan Smothers. Oh, that's a player. Oh, there we go. I think you you heated up right there. Yeah, right. there we go. I, I was nervous, man. I'm not going to lie. I was a little. And then when I started off over two, I'm like, oh, crap. This isn't going to go well. But Logan Smothers, Nebraska quarterback. Uh, those are all uh, incoming freshmen. I had to. I knew I had to dig deep because you are a Debbie guy. So uh, w- with my friend John Brosh, I could actually use some guys that are actually <laughs> rostered. But I, I know I couldn't get away with uh, you doing some rostered Debbie players. <laughs> well, I picked it back up. I saved. I saved face at the end. There we go. All right, Ray. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, let us know where we can find your work. Yeah, uh, on uh, Destination Devi podcast, uh, comes out once a week, YouTube channel, DLF, uh, do Devi writing over there at DLF, awesome platform. And then if you want some personal access with me and an awesome Devi community, patreon.com forward slash all gas, really fun over there. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. All righty. Thank you so much for coming on, Ray. And that'll do it for tonight's podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh! Stay inside. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.